University of Virginia School of Law faculty. Thank you. Welcome to the graduates of the class of 2017, families and friends. Please join me in thanking the Charlottesville Brass Quintet, which has provided our musical entertainment. Pride. It is everywhere today, and it is all for you. I am beaming with pride, and so too are all those here to see you graduate today. Your mothers, fathers, grandparents, husbands, wives, children, relatives, and friends. I hope you feel that pride, appreciate it, and bask in it. 
You are all lucky to be surrounded by the people who have supported you for these last three years, or dare I say 20, 25, or 30 years. I would like to ask the graduates to stand, turn, and join me in a round of applause to honor and thank your family and friends. Pride is also the word to describe how the faculty and staff feel about you today. They are the ones who watched you grow from nervous 1Ls, not sure what a tort is, into the mature, highly educated, and practice-ready graduates you are today. I know I speak for all of the faculty and staff when I say that we are so proud. I hope... Oh. I hope that you are proud of yourselves. You should be. The law is a learned profession, requiring, according to long-standing definition, extensive learning or erudition. That describes so much of what you have done for the past three years, both inside and outside of the classroom. You immersed yourselves in the study of a new and complex field, welcoming the intellectual challenges that awaited you and meeting them energetically. Some of you, including most of our graduate students, came from another country and mastered a new culture along with a new legal system and vocabulary. You have worked hard, read thousands of pages, answered innumerable cold calls, written papers, and deciphered exams. You have also spent hundreds of hours in clinics and externships, in moot courts and mock trials nationally and internationally. You have learned from the 10 journals you published this year and from the 240 speakers that you brought to the law school this year alone. You have earned those highbrow words, learned and erudite. Indeed, you have done even more than that. The profession of the law is not only learned, it is also noble. And that might sound hokey, the noble and learned profession of the law, and it is, but it is also true. The learning of law is coupled with a commitment to high ideals, the highest of ideals, to the rule of law as a superior means of dispute resolution, to advancing justice. Joining a noble and learned profession means accepting and holding a public trust, to serve as well as succeed, to give as well as gain from your new professional standing. Discharging that trust can be done in any of number of ways, in your day jobs and after hours, through philanthropy and public service, but it always entails pursuing careers and making choices with integrity, judgment, and humanity. You have already embraced and begun to discharge this public trust, to serve the public and the profession in so many ways and already with these admirable traits. You have served our local community as well as the state, the nation, and the world. Here in Charlottesville, you collectively logged 11,244 hours in pro bono service through the North Ground Softball League, which celebrated its 40th anniversary this year. Your invitational once again raised $25,000 to support the local nonprofit Ready Kids and the law school's Public Interest Law Association. You supported prisoners and disabled veterans, helped area residents file taxes, and find shelter from domestic abuse. Further afield, many of you spent your spring breaks serving the public all across the country. 
and yet further afield, you conducted international pro bono and human rights work as far away as Tanzania and Zambia. And when I say you, I mean you. You, the students, led these efforts and so many more. The organizing of conferences, symposia, events, prize-winning student organizations, your own self-government. You have excelled, you have served, you have led, you have embraced the high ideals of this profession. Moreover, you have done it all with characteristic joy, collegiality, and generosity. You came here from diverse backgrounds, with different experiences, views, attitudes, interests, hopes, and dreams. But you were and are committed to joy, humanity, respect, dialogue, collaboration, and community across those many differences. You became, and you will leave here, interlocutors, colleagues, friends, and future networks. The openness and generosity you have displayed is a gift you have given to us, the faculty, to each other, and to yourselves. So when I say we are proud of you, we are proud of what you have learned, of the accomplishments we can count, and you can put on your resumes. But more importantly, we are proud of who you are as people, caring for one another and for the larger world. When you leave here, you will represent the highest ideals of this law school, and we will bask in your reflected glory. For we are proud of the UVA friends, lawyers, and leaders you have become. I am delighted now to introduce our speaker. Catherine Keating is a graduate of Villanova University and the University of Virginia Law School. That is this law school. For many years, she made her career first as a lawyer and then in investment banking and asset management with JP Morgan. She is now the CEO of Common Fund uh, which uh, serves nonprofit organizations like universities uh, and other large nonprofits by investing for them. She has had a long and varied career, which is what I will in a minute uh, after she is done uh, wish on all of you. She has taken her law degree everywhere she has gone in serving the public, in reaching unbelievable professional heights. I am so proud that she is one of our own, and I offer to you now Catherine Keating. Dean Golubov, members of the board of the Law School Foundation, faculty and staff, parents and friends, most of all, graduates of the class of 2017, thank you for that introduction and moreover, thank you for the honor of being with you today. I'd like to begin by acknowledging six of our graduates. We have a national dialogue in our country today about income inequality and the 99% and the 1%. It's an important discussion and it's a distressing divide. I look forward to seeing your contributions to equality in the coming years. But there's another way to look at the 99% and the 1%, and that's the 1% who serve in our military. They promote our country's values and guard our freedom. They serve to protect the other 99% of us, and they are the foundation for our lives here. Four members of the class of 2017 are on active duty, and two more are about to enter military service. I'd like to ask our graduates in the, in the military, our guests in the military, and all of our veterans to please rise. Thank you. 
Thank you all. We admire you and we are grateful to you. It's hard to believe for me that it's been 30 years since I sat in your seat as a graduate of this law school. But I still remember how I felt on the lawn that day. I felt that I had won the lottery, the education lottery. I thought my diploma was a winning lottery ticket that could take me anywhere. And you know what? I was right. I have been as fortunate as any lottery winner, and you will be too. My diploma took me to a large law firm, Morgan Lewis, then to a Fortune 10 company, J.P. Morgan Chase, and now to an investment firm, Common Fund, that's in its fifth decade of serving the nonprofit community. It's given me 30 years of experience and perspective that I never would have had without it. And your diploma will give you that too. Reflecting on those 30 years, I think that the best advice I could give you is to try to keep a long-term perspective. Think about 2047, 30 years from now, when one of you will be standing here instead of me. And evaluate your decisions, personal, professional, in the light of whether they're going to matter to you then. When you think about decisions that way, you realize there are only a handful that are really important. And those decisions are about people. It's the people you choose to spend your time with, at home, at the office, and in your community. Get those 2047 decisions, the people decisions, right. There will be hundreds of others that worry and stress you along the way. Trust me, I know, I have worried and I have stressed, but try not to do that too much. Keep the 2047 perspective, the people perspective. And I'm sure that you're thinking, 30 years is a long time, longer than most of you have been alive, most likely. After today, you're going to trade the backpack that you've carried around campus for the briefcase that you're going to carry to your new office. And maybe it's a conventional briefcase like mine, or maybe it's a digital briefcase. But whatever it is, there are some things that might be helpful to take with you as you look ahead to 2047. When my classmates and I were in your seats back in 1987, the first thing many of us wanted in our briefcases, or at least in our heads, was a career plan. For most of us, that plan was law practice or public service, maybe both. My class got together for a reunion last weekend, and it turns out some of us were really lousy planners. I was one of them. <laughs> but we've all had great careers, many as planned in law and public service, but many others not planned at all and in every sector of the economy from finance to fine arts. So don't count too much on your plan. The world just moves too fast today. It used to take a quarter century for a new product like the automobile or the TV to reach a quarter of the US population, 25 years to reach 25% of the economy. Facebook did it in five years and some mobile games have done it in months. Hilton Hotels took almost a century to acquire 800,000 hotel rooms. Airbnb, a million rooms in six years. How do you plan for that? You can't plan for that. So the days of having just one career and one set of skills may be over for many of us. I've had three careers. I never expected it, and I couldn't have planned it. What I could do, and you should do, is think about purpose. My purpose has always been pretty simple. 
I've always hoped that someday I will look back and say that my work has changed people's lives and made them better. Law can do that, finance can do that, and the nonprofit community does that too, every day. So have purpose be your guide as you head off to work. It's a much better compass than a plan. The next thing my classmates and I put in our briefcases were our new resumes showing our new JD degrees, and I'm sure you're gonna do that too. And I know how impressive the resumes are of this class. But once you leave here, you won't be measured in the same way. When you think about it, most of the metrics on your resume are solitary. Your grade, your GPA, your law review article, just you. Once you leave school, you learn that there are very few things you can accomplish alone. Starting today, you're going to be measured by how much you can accomplish with other people. I'm an investor. I know that some of our most accomplished CEOs didn't earn degrees the way we did. Of the five most valuable companies in the United States today, three of them, Apple, Microsoft, and Facebook, were all founded by famous college dropouts. And there are other, less famous examples too. If you've bought groceries at Whole Foods, or furniture at Ikea, or you've taken a flight on JetBlue, you've also experienced what can be created without a degree on your resume. Now raise your hands if you've been a customer of Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Whole Foods, Ikea, or JetBlue, right? Everybody here. These companies have changed all of our lives, but they should also change the way we think about resumes. And yet I find that people still tend to focus a lot on resumes, even in my own company. At Common Fund, every year we do a succession plan and we identify the next generation of leaders people who are five, 10 years younger than the leadership team. And when I told one of those people that he was in our succession plan, he was surprised. And he was surprised because he didn't think he had the right resume. And I'll tell you today what I told him just last month. Smart companies need great people, not just great resumes. My company is 46 years old and my team and I need to make sure that it's resilient and thriving when it's 56 and 66. And that will come down to keeping the people perspective and knowing the people behind the resumes. So career plans and resumes haven't been the most important things to my classmates and me over the last 30 years, and I'm pretty sure in 2047 you will say the same thing. Not to worry, though. You don't have to head off to work with an empty briefcase. There are a handful of things right here in Charlottesville that I think you can bring with you. So let's start with the honor code which is the first thing I'd bring with me if I were you. Not the paper, but the principles. When I chose this university, I chose it because of the academic village, but also because of its character. The character of the honor code. It has endured for almost two centuries. It isn't easy for anything to last two centuries, and there have been difficult times for the university and the honor code, but they have endured. I've learned over my career that if you want to change people's lives, Character counts. I was on Wall Street during the financial crisis. I watched companies fail, and I watched careers fail. And I saw that many failures aren't just failures of competence. They are also failures of character. You are graduates of a university that stands for character, the honor code. Bring that code with you and keep it with you. It will say more about you than all the accomplishments on your resume. Next. After the honor code, 
I'd be sure to keep a calculator in your briefcase, your own personal calculator, to measure the things that are most important to you. Because if you want to change people's lives, you have to measure the right things. I remember the day that I learned I was being promoted to partner at my law firm. It was a summer afternoon. I was at home. I was on maternity leave. I had a baby daughter on my shoulder and a two-year-old son at my side. The managing partner called to tell me that two associates and I were being promoted. And I was so excited. It was the most exciting day in my career since my graduation day. And he told me he was excited, too. Among other things, I think he was excited for me to go back to work because he mentioned that I had billed 1,400 hours that year while my two colleagues might bill 3,000. And I said to him, really, John, with all due respect, I may have billed only 1,400 hours, but I also produced a human life. <laughs> two lives, actually, of both of them, my son and daughter, are here today. But I've also seen that it's more important to measure what people do than to measure what they say. At the same time that the managing partner was noting my billable hour deficit, he was also leading the firm to welcome part-time partners. He was committed to supporting those who had obligations at home as well as obligations at the office. So don't be too distracted by what people say. Watch what they do. My mom, moms everywhere, were right when they said, actions speak louder than words. They really do. The next thing I would bring with me if I were you is some humility and a willingness to roll up your sleeves and do whatever job needs doing. Some of you have worked part-time jobs here. Others have done the legal work that falls through the system's cracks. Seventy-five people have met the pro bono challenge. These may not be glamorous jobs, but they're important. And if you want to change people's lives, sometimes you have to start with things that aren't that glamorous or don't seem that important, like the cafeteria. That's right, the cafeteria. The very first leadership opportunity I was offered in my career was heading the cafeteria committee at my firm. And I admit, I was not excited about it. The cafeteria committee, not the strategic planning committee or maybe the new business committee. I'll be honest, not only was I not excited, I even wondered if I should be a tiny bit insulted since, after all, I had won the education lottery. But I was wrong to think that way because the cafeteria was my first chance to be a leader, and I grabbed it. I hired a new chef. We launched Made to Order. We posted calories for the first time. And you know what? You can change people's lives by providing a better breakfast and a better lunch. And if you want to meet all your colleagues, just change their menu. People really care about breakfast and lunch. And once you can lead the cafeteria committee, you can lead other things as well. So when someone asks you to lead something for the first time, say yes, even if it's not glamorous or doesn't seem important, because leadership is always important. Another thing I'd toss in your briefcase is an energy drink. Bottle up that UVA energy and bring it with you. Because if you want to, take if you want to change people's lives, it does take a lot of energy. I have a mentor who's an 86-year-old Wall Street veteran, and he always reminds me of the saying, the only place that success comes before work is in the dictionary. And he's right. Most professions don't thrive on 40-hour work weeks anymore. Law doesn't, finance doesn't, and your careers won't either. But the good news is you will have many ways to make your work and your life more efficient and more flexible. I often say that 1999 changed my life and my career. And you might be wondering what happened in 1999 since you were probably seven or eight years old back then. 1999 was the year that the BlackBerry was launched. 
I had two small kids, and for the very first time, I could be connected to the office and to them at the same time, and it really did change my life. It may be that if it weren't for the BlackBerry, I wouldn't even be here today, which is ironic. I'm here, but I suspect there might be pretty few BlackBerries on this lawn today. I think I already told you that planning is overrated. The challenge for my generation was getting connected. The challenge for yours will be getting disconnected, and it may be one of your biggest challenges. But keeping the people perspective and being sure to measure the right things should help. The next thing I'd bring with me if I were you is empathy. Because once you leave here, it won't be enough to be the smartest person in the room. And I am very sorry to tell so many smart people that. I've learned that if you want to change people's lives, it's not just about how much you know, it's also about how much you care. And in school here, you're judged by how much you know. But real success comes when you apply what you know to what you care about. I'm the oldest child in my family, and my father died when I was eight years old. I care deeply about the organizations that help my mom, our family, and me. The Catholic schools, the Girl Scout and Boy Scout troops, the college, Villanova, that was generous enough to pay for my education, this law school, which may very well have been the biggest bargain in higher education back in the 1980s. And I've tried to remain engaged with all of them. Because let's face it, there will be many people out there who know as much as you do. The question is how many of them will care as much as you do. And I've learned over my career that the more you care, the more you accomplish. Another thing I'd bring with me if I were you is curiosity. Because if you want to change people's lives, you can't stop learning just because you're not in school anymore. UVA taught us to be lawyers, but it also taught us to be learners to be curious, to ask questions, to read everything we can, and most importantly, to look for great leaders and learn from them. Because if you are curious and you look for great leaders, you can find them, and you can find them in many places. You can find great leaders in your office. I worked for Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JPMorgan Chase, for a decade. Thanks to all the things I learned from him, I'm able to be a CEO myself. Today, I serve on the board of Santander Bank. I work with Anna Boutin, the group chairman. She is committed to making banking simple, personal, and fair, and that drive is felt throughout the bank. Drive like that changes lives. It really does. You can also find great leaders at your clients' offices. As a young lawyer, I had the privilege of working with Jack Bogle. Jack was the founder of the Vanguard Group, which is now one of the largest asset managers in the world. And I watched Jack build that company, and I learned that conviction and hard work can change people's lives too. They can also change the investment industry, and they did. You'll also find great leaders in the nonprofit community. Many people know Peter Grauer is the chairman of Bloomberg. None of us who are investors can get our jobs done without our Bloomberg terminals. But I know Peter is another chairman, a nonprofit chairman. As the chairman of the Inner City Scholarship Fund in New York City, Peter has led the fund to send more low-income children to Catholic schools than ever before. I've learned that he counts those children as carefully as he counts Bloomberg terminals, maybe even more so. And I've also learned leadership from Father Peter Donahue, the president of Villanova. I've seen what he has accomplished by being a great strategic planner at the same time that he's the heart and soul of the campus. And I know that you learn leadership from your own dean, Riza Goloboff, every day. In case you can't tell, the point is that leadership matters. In careers, it matters more than anything. On the one hand, leadership is rare and precious. On the other hand, leadership can be found in many places, at your offices, at your clients' offices, in your communities, and at school, if you look for it. So be curious. 
seek out and learn leadership wherever you can. Because if you do, you will become a leader too. Being a leader means taking responsibility for other people and taking risks for them. And that can be scary. But don't be too scared of taking risks in your career. Careers are built on risks. I had just become a partner at Morgan Lewis when I left to join J.P. Morgan in a business job, not a legal job. That was a risk. And I continued to take risks every time I took a new job at the company. And then I took another risk when I left J.P. Morgan to lead Common Fund. Every one of those risks was scary to me. Every time, I wondered if I would fail. And over time, I realized it wasn't just me. I realized that we are all afraid of failure. But when I look back on my career, I don't regret the risks I took. With the benefit of hindsight and that 30-year perspective, I know that I would, I would have regretted not taking those risks because I would have been on the sidelines and I would have been watching others take the leadership roles that I was too scared to take myself. So that leads me to the very last thing I'd put in your briefcase, a softball. Yes, a softball. It will remind you of the fun and the friendships you've had here on the softball field, because you can't graduate from the law school without a lot of time on the softball field, right? But it will also remind you to get off the sidelines. Don't spend your career on the sidelines. Be on the field in whatever position suits you and fulfills your purpose. With that, graduates of the class of 2017, I wish you the very best of luck. With your diplomas and a desire to change lives, you can do anything. You have won the education lottery. Try to have a long-term perspective. Keep your eyes on 2047 and the people and the purpose that matter to you. And leave here with the confidence that you have everything you need to launch your next 30 years. You have the honor code, so you keep doing the right things. You have calculators to help you measure what matters most. You have humility to do important work, even if it's not glamorous work, and energy to work hard since our careers don't thrive on 40-hour work weeks anymore, and empathy because the more you care, the more you will accomplish, and curiosity to learn leadership in the many places you can find it if you look for that. With all of that, and a softball in your briefcase to remind you to get off the sidelines. You can do anything, and you will change lives. I thank you for inviting me to celebrate with you today, and I look forward to all that you will accomplish for all of us. Congratulations and best wishes. Thank you, Catherine. That was wonderful. One of the most enjoyable parts of the ceremony is the opportunity to recognize some of those who have contributed so much to the law school and the community over these past three years. You will see on the back page of your program the awards that have previously been conferred on members of the class of 2017. These graduates should be very proud of their accomplishments, and we are grateful for the many ways in which they have enhanced our community. You will also see a description of the awards that I will announce today. The recipients of these awards do not know in advance that they have received them. 
These awards are given based on the recommendation of the faculty, and we are truly honored to have had these graduates as members of our community over the last three years. One award, the Faculty Award for Academic Excellence, will not be given today, but will be announced over the summer after all of the final grade calculations have been made. If you are a recipient of an award that I announce, please stand to be recognized. Award recipients will receive their awards after they cross the stage to receive their ceremonial scrolls. The Virginia State Bar Family Law Award was established by the Family Law Section of the Virginia State Bar and the Virginia Chapter of the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers. It is presented to the graduating student who has demonstrated the most promise and potential for the practice of family law. The 2017 recipient of the Family Law Award is Elizabeth Joy Hardery. Ms. Hardery was an executive editor of the Virginia Journal of International Law. Congratulations. The Eppa Hunton IV Memorial Book Award was given by the associates of the Richmond law firm of Hunton and Williams in honor of the late Mr. Hunton, class of 1927. The award is presented to a graduate who demonstrates unusual aptitude in litigation courses and who shows a keen awareness and understanding of the lawyer's ethical and professional responsibility. The 2017 of the Eppa Hunton Award is Mark A. Nowak. <laughs> Mr. Nowak was also a notes editor for the Virginia Law Review. Congratulations. The John M. Olin Prize in Law and Economics is presented to a student who has produced outstanding written work in the field of law and economics. The 2017 recipient of the Olin Prize is Michael G. Sanders. Mr. Sanders was a member of the editorial board of the Virginia Law Review, stay standing Mr. Sanders, and was the recipient of the Carl M. Franklin Prize, which is awarded to the student with the highest grade point average after two semesters of law school. He receives the Olin Award for his paper, Government Guarantee of Title, the Role of Title Insurance in the Consolidation of an Inefficient American System of Land Recording, and the Failure of National Title Registration. Congratulations. The Earl K. Shaw Labor Relations Award was established by Mr. Shaw, class of 1934, and is presented to the graduate who shows the greatest promise in the field of labor relations. The 2017 recipient of the Shaw Award is Grace Margaret O'Donnell. Ms. O'Donnell was also a member of the editorial board of the Virginia Journal of Criminal Law. Congratulations. The Edward S. Cohen Tax Prize was established by the late Professor Cohen and is presented to the graduates who have demonstrated superior scholarship in the tax field. This year, we have two recipients of the prize. The first recipient of the Cohen Tax Prize is Amanda M. Leon. <laughs> Ms. Leon was an editorial board member of the Virginia Law Review. The second recipient of the Cohen Tax Prize is David Arakel Moranchin. Mr. Moranchin was an executive editor of the Virginia Law Review and the president of Virginia Law Families. Congratulations to you both. The Mortimer Kaplan Public Service Award was established by Mr. Kaplan, class of 1940, who has long been associated with the law faculty and the law school, and last year celebrated his 100th birthday. It is presented to a graduate entering a career in the public service sector who demonstrates the qualities of leadership, integrity, and service to others. 
The 2017 recipient of the Kaplan Award is Teresa Raskowski Hepler. Ms. Hepler was the president of the Public Interest Law Association and a member of the editorial board for the Virginia Journal of Criminal Law. Congratulations. The Herbert Kramer Herbert Bangle Community Service Award was established by late Mr. Kramer, class of 1952, and is presented to the graduate who has contributed the most to the community during his or her time in law school. The 2017 recipient of the Community Service Award is Amber Adelaide Strickland. Ms. Strickland was also a recipient of the 2016 Claire M. Corcoran Award, which is awarded to a student with exceptional commitment to public service, and she also served as a senior editor for the Virginia Journal of International Law. Congratulations. The Roger and Madeline Trainer Prize was established by the late Chief Justice Trainer and his wife, and is presented to two graduates who have produced outstanding written work. The first recipient of the Trainer Prize is Michael Corcoran. Mr. Corcoran was an articles editor for the Virginia Law Review, and he wins the award for his paper, Compacts and Treaties in the Constitution, an Originalist and Intratextualist Analysis. Congratulations. The second recipient of the 2017 Trainer Prize is Ethan J. Foster. <laughs> Mr. Foster was a submissions editor for the Journal of Law and Politics and the president of the Philip C. Jessup International Moot Court Competition Team. He receives the award for his paper, James Wilson, 1742 to 1798, America's Forgotten Blackstone. Congratulations. We have a new award this year, the LLM Graduation Award, which is presented by vote of the faculty to an outstanding member of the graduating LLM class. The 2017 recipient of the LLM Graduation Award is Jackie Bronston. Ms. Bronston received her first law degree from the Faculty of Law at the University of Munster. In addition to her studies in Germany, she has also studied at the University of Oslo and was a participant in the Wilhelm C. Wies International Commercial Arbitration Moot Court Competition. Congratulations. The Robert E. Goldston Award for Distinction in the Classroom was established by Mr. Goldston, class of 1940, and is presented by vote of the faculty to the graduate who has contributed the most to classroom education by his or her outstanding recitation and discussion. The 2017 recipient of the Goldston Award is Alexander John Swartwood. Mr. Swartwood was a member of the editorial board of the Virginia Journal of Law and Technology and participated in the Human Rights Study Project as a Cowan Fellow. Congratulations. The Thomas Marshall Miller Prize was established by Emily Miller Danton in honor of her father and is presented by vote of the faculty to an outstanding and deserving member of the graduating class. The 2017 recipient of the Miller Prize is Casey Trombley Shapiro Jonas. Ms. Jonas is also, stay standing, Ms. Jonas. Ms. Jonas is also the recipient of the Virginia Trial Lawyers Association Trial Advocacy Award, which is presented to a graduate who shows particular promise in the field of trial advocacy and who intends to practice in Virginia. Ms. Jonas was the president of Virginia Law Women, an articles editor for the Virginia Law Review, and a recipient of the Ritter Prize for Extraordinary Honor, Character, and Integrity. Congratulations.
The James C. Slaughter Honor Award was established in honor of the late Mr. Slaughter, class of 1951, and is presented by vote of the faculty to an outstanding member of the graduating class. The 2017 recipient of the Slaughter Award is Danielle Christine Desonier. Ms. Desonier was the editor-in-chief of the Virginia Law Review. She was also a recipient of the Shoemaker Moot Court Award, which is given to the semifinalists of the Lyle Moot Court competition. Congratulations. The Margaret G. Hyde Award was established by the late Forrest J. Hyde, Jr., class of 1915, and is presented by vote of the faculty to the graduate whose scholarship, character, personality, activities in the, fair of the, school, in the affairs of the school, and promise of achievement have entitled him or her to special recognition. The 2017 recipient of the Hyde Award is Andrew Manns. Mr. Manns is also the recipient of the Z Society Shannon Award, which was established by the Z Society to promote outstanding scholarship at the university and is presented to the graduate with the highest academic record after five semesters. Mr. Manns was an articles editor of the Virginia Law Review and was the recipient of the Daniel Rosenblum Award, which is given to a third year student with a strong academic record and dedication to supporting and assisting his classmates. Congratulations to him and congratulations to you all. We will now prepare the stage for the presentation of our graduates. I will now call the roll of the graduates. The candidates for the degree of Juris Doctor, Austin J. Hyuk Sin. Paige Hamilton Abernathy. Olukemi Aladutsi Adegaroye. Connor Joseph Ahern. Tuba Ahmed. Osaro Ifua. Apiemi Christiana Akin Mamidele. Joshua Mill Allred. Lena L. Marzug. Sammy L. Marzug. Zachary Vincent Alvarez. Ashley Rose Angelotti. Ian Armstrong.
Paul Tulane Adkinson. Ryan Edward Auerkamp. Christina Marie Aylward. Joseph E. Babbitts. Frederick Joseph Behrens. Lee Gregory Barkley. Benjamin Joseph Berent. Andrew Garrett Besch. Allison Elizabeth Beskin. Daniel A. Beaver. James Daniel Billard. Daniel Boguer. Charlotte Miles Bone. Stephanie Esther Butikaris. Ann Paula Bricates. Ajani Jamar Brown. Jonathan Bubar. Thomas J. Burke, Jr. Jessica Katarina Burke. Kyle W. Burns. Christopher Butler. Michelle Butler. Ryan Alexander Kyra. Lucas Karen. Anna L. Casey. Lauren Marie Cassidy. Caroline Newton Catchpole. Katherine Chang. Christopher Chin. Brandon Thomas Christensen. Angelique Antonia Siliberti. Austin Miles Clark. Mary M. Cleary. Benjamin S. Kaufman. Daniel Stephen Cohen. John Coit. Kyle David Cole. Carly Coleman. Brendan L. Conlin. Brooke June Cook. Michael Patrick Corcoran. Spencer Shields Cowan. Connor Ramo Crawford.
David Kenneth Crockett Jr. Kale Landon Curtin. Brennan Joseph Curtis. Joseph Martin De Silva. Andrea Lynn Daly. Ankur Desai. Danielle Christine Dizonier. Augustine J. Donati. Ethan Donovan. Elizabeth Suelen Pamela Douglas. Gideon Duke Cohan. Hannah Iliadis Dunham. Rebecca Glosson Durham. Jessica Suzanne DeSalt. Frederick William Eberstadt. Keith Edwards. John Hartshorn Elliott. Jonathan Elsasser. Jonathan Endy. Oliver West Ingebretson. Jasmine Ismael Begee. Ryan K. Azell. Ari Natan Feinstein. Ellie Yitzchak Feinstein. Connor Finch. Diego Enrique Flores. Ethan James Foster. Kirsten S. Fowler. Laura Jane Franks. Josh Frieda. Nathaniel Freeman. Marshall T. French. Daniel R. Friel. Thomas Furman. Aaron Elizabeth Gallagher. Vishal J. Ganeshan. Michelle Garafalo. Glenn Patrick Gavin. Andrew D. Gear. Jessica Douglas Gilbert. Olivia Elizabeth Glasscock. Nina Payne Gebfort. Abigail Ann Golden. 
Alexander Gorin. Severin R. Gorley. Mark Devane Gritzmacher, Jr. Charles Martin Gwynn. Alexander Christensen Hayden. Michael Allen Hale. Changu Han. Edgerton Harris. David Ryan Hart. Elizabeth Joy Hartery. Eli D. Heller. Teresa Roskowski Hepler. Charles Eric Hintz. Wan Yi Kyung Wan Hong. Yu Song Huang. Chris Yansky. Gretchen Lee Jewell. Casey Trombley Shapiro Jonas. Carolyn H. Jones. Jonathan H. Jones. Marshall Goodman Jones. Andrew M. Kagan. Vanita P. Kamath. Richard Sako Kang. Christina Katsampas. Brian Frederick Kane. Stephen M. Keithley. Samuel C. Kennedy. Stephen Kessler. Harrison Gray Kilgore. Scott Killian Clark. Kenneth Koo. Singwook Koo. Kevin A. Kraft. Kevin Kutchler. Benjamin L. Cooter. Ariana Marie Lassert. William Spencer Lawley. Susanna Woodward Lee. Daniel Lemon. Amanda M. Leon. Mario DiMarino Linen. Audra Elise Loomis. 
Meredith Kathleen Loretta. Serena Lau Weichen. Morgan James Lyons. Sean Patrick Lyons. John Robert Lystash. Andrew Manns. David Arakel Moranjan. Madison Dale Marcus. Harrison Lewis Marino. David Markoff. Allison S. Markowitz. Nicole M. Marchine. Stephen Robert Marsters. Cassandra Lee Martin. Monica Louise Martin. Owen Masters. Ryan McClafferty. Patrick Ryan McConnell. Devin McCurdy. Theodore N. McDowell III. James C. McGlinchey. Alexander Brantley McLam. William McManus. Teresa A. Meehan. David Hayden Meister. Brady K. Mickelson. Anna Catherine Mills. Claire Kathleen Mitchell. Neil Vijay Modi. Maria Christine Monahan. Danielle Isabel Moore. Jacob Moore. Lisa Michelle Morales. Eleanor Lynn Moran. James Gerard Muller. Allison Mulry. Allison Carol Muntor. Alexander Jacob Nemzow. Zachary Adam Nemzow. Lauren S. Nevadomsky. Douglas Christopher Newell. Viet Tran Nguyen. Mark A. Nowak. 
Grace Margaret O'Donnell. Lauren Christine O'Leary. Laseth Ochoa. Christine Oren. Zachary Cosmo Osinski. Chet Otis. Kevin Ryan Palmer. Claudia Pear. Jennifer Lauren Perry. Clayton Reed Pasley. Nihar Patel. James Abraham Paulos. Ryan Andrew Pavel. Catherine Joe Payne. Stephen M. Penarts. Megan Mary Perry. Jackson Latham Finney. Michaela Eubanks Pickus. Caitlin Alexandra Marie Pierce. Bradley James Pearson. Daniel Pollock. Christopher J. Potmeyer. Michael V. Rattay. Karis Alethea Mignon Redman. Emily Ann Reeder. Nathan Bart Reeder. Eric Reimer. Shannon Mary Rice. Ganam Elias Rifka. Nathan M. Reisinger. Alicia Marie Roll. Jeffrey Joshua Rosenthal. Hamza Salim. Benjamin Salzer. Michael G. Sanders. Allison Rose Sandler. Thomas Sanford. Julia E. Shast. Adriana Corrine Shearcook. Matthew D. Schneider. Eli M. Schooley. Jacqueline Page Scioli. Michael Wells Shapiro. Neil Sheff. Kelvin Federick Shung. Heather Scheimer.
Rachel Ellen Simon. Steven Skaist. Alaric R. Smith. Kyle Smith. Adam Lincoln Sorensen. Joseph Sparko. Daniel Butler Sparks. Sam Spiegelman. Mike Serska. Alexander B. Starr. Adam Lindbeck Stemple. Amber Adelaide Strickland. Betsy Stukenborg. Nicholas Solentrop. Christine Yifar Sun. Alexander John Swartwood. Elaine Strand Sylvester. Alexander Parrish Tanner. Theodore Robert Taros. Mark David Thaler. Jennifer M. Tharp. Megan Guy Thompson. Allison Suzanne Ramage Thornton. Brett Elise Throckmorton. Parker William Toll. Sabrine Leone Trebet. Michelle Trichler. Matthew Troya. Monica Christine Treba. Christian A. Truman. Pauline Trong. Laurel Elaine Tucker. Andrew Underkoffler. R. Cooper Vaughn. Cameron S. Vermette. Joshua Wade. Yu Wang. Evan M. West. Danielle M. Wheeler. James Whitaker. David M. Will. Alvin John Williams III. Ashley Elizabeth Williams. 
Jonathan Robert Wilson. Cole Andrew Wagaman. Justin Wood. John Justin Woolard. Sylvia Wu. Yufeng Wu. Gaoshuan Xia. Mackenzie Lee Yeager. Millard Vernon Young IV. Joseph Thaddeus Zaleski. Allison O'Keefe Zabrowski. Junche Joe. Joe UJ. The candidates for the degree of Masters of Law. Gita Atria. Homsok Beck. Fernando Giaz. Sohelia Bayat. Maximilian Benedict Berenbroek. Jackie Bronsden. Ning Dai. Sheng Di. Rafael Dosaker. Keita Fujimoto. Tauri Wan. Sin Hong. Stephanie Jabali. Fan Chong. Rishab Janeja. Cyril Kayser. Dayton Anthony Yehut Krigbaum. Daisuke Karuda. Patrapon Lerdpipat. Utan Lertuipankul. Wen Yan Lien. Pablo Enrique Martinelli. Mei Mong. Neil Manish Mode. Win Kip Win Vei. Suguru Shigematsu. Kotaro Shizuku. Flavia Teira. Natalia Wijamisar. Kooji Yasuda. 
Kazuke Yosamura. Xing Yu. Lin Ju. The candidate for the degree of Doctor of Juridical Science, Sharon Cope. And the final candidates for the degree of Juris Doctor, Thomas Perry Barber, Jr. Eric Kinsey. Natalie Nguzi Ufoche. Charles Smith. This concludes the role of the graduates. for you today is tinged with wistfulness at saying goodbye as well as excitement about what you will do next and then next after that. On the last day of my first year constitutional law class, I tell my students, some of you were there, though I won't kid myself that you recall what I say on the last day of class two years ago, that the Constitution and constitutional arguments are the key to the kingdom in a constitutional democracy like ours. Today I want to broaden that. The law writ large is the key to a society committed to the rule of law. The law unlocks doors and enforces contracts. It puts people in prison and gets them out again. It allows for treaties and ends wars. It merges companies or allows them to go bankrupt. That means that those who know the law hold the keys to this kingdom. I hope you, that you have learned here that the law is not a constant external foreign thing somewhere out there existing in a vacuum. It is made, not found, and it is made by lawyers who represent clients and in doing so, create the law. That means from today forward, it will be made by you. You now hold the keys to shape the law and in a truly grand fashion to shape our economy, our government, and our society. Your careers will take you anywhere and everywhere. Life is long and careers are long and varied. Sometimes alumni are sheepish to tell me that they are no longer practicing lawyers, that they have changed jobs or moved in unexpected professional directions. That was Katherine Keating's response when I asked her to serve as our commencement speaker. I was quick to say that her amazing career, both within the law and beyond it, was precisely why I wanted her to speak to us today. And I think you can all see why. I ask you now never to feel sheepish about where your career takes you 
So long as you maintain your integrity, judgment, and humanity, it is never a failure to grow and change, to find new paths and unplanned avenues. I hope, and indeed I trust, that what you have learned these last three years will serve you no matter where you go and what you do. So as you enter this new adventure, in addition to the backpack Catherine mentioned, always remember to fall back on and carry with you the education you received here and the friends you made. This degree, this learning, this model of nobility will serve you always. And this community, these people, and this place will always be here for you. What we promised when we recruited you to UVA was not only three years of learning, friendship, and support, but a lifetime of the same. Today, you will put over 20,000, the number of Virginia Law graduates in the world. Number 20,000 sits somewhere in the middle of this group over here. As you know, we are proud of our over 50% giving rate, and I can't tell you how proud we are of your class gift at 91%. Most of our alumni remain actively involved with the law school. In any given year, well more than 1,000 of them return to this building. They come to teach as adjuncts or short course instructors, to judge first year oral arguments or moot court competitions, to speak to student groups, to participate in the governance of the law school through service on the Law School Foundation Board of Trustees and the Alumni Council. They come to recruit our students for their law firms, agencies, and organizations. Some have had the great pleasure of returning to see their children or grandchildren return from the law, graduate from the law school. And I'm happy to say we already have some of those youngsters practicing by walking across the stage today. And of course, our graduates return in large numbers for their reunions. Last week, I welcomed back those alumni. The oldest in attendance was from the class of 1948. He still returns for reunions because this place, these people, and this community made him who he is and remain deeply meaningful almost 70 years later. I hope and trust that you will all feel the same. Please keep in touch. Congratulations to the law school class of 2017, and please join us inside for some refreshments. Thank you. For the graduates, when you're done taking pictures and you're done with the receptions, um, there are places to drop off the caps and gowns uh, right in front of the D2 parking lot.